Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, today is uh, June 3rd. It's Matthew Ma and Mitch Felix from Silicon Valley Real Producers. Uh, today, we're going to have a uh, Mitch is going to be a guest host today, and then he's going to interview me, and we're going to talk about everything real estate. Hey, yeah. Mitch. Hi. Thank you for having me. And um, the conversation continues. I always learn <laughs> much from you, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's always a lot of fun chatting with you and just you know sharing different ideas and going through everything we're doing in the industry Thank and sharing the community. Thank you. So um, if I'm not mistaken, I can take the lead today and we can interview you a little bit. Yeah, whatever you like, task and awesome. talk about. So um, I'm excited to be um, in the, the kind of space where I want to learn a little bit more about what you did before real estate. Because I'm, I'm most, I meet a lot of people, Matt, and the thing that I'm most interested in when I get a chance to talk to you is your ability to distill something complicated into something that's very actionable. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think real estate's a great example of why you do really uh, you, you've learned to monetize that, frankly, like you've learned to take that skill and create something for not just yourself, but the people around you that you recruit. But before real estate, you had a very unique job in cybersecurity. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about that again. Yeah. So um, I started IT when I was like 18 years old and I started working for tech companies when I was 18, you know, starting college and everything. And luckily I got in through my brother helping me to get into tech field because he was already a system administrator. And the way I kind of grew up in tech was that my colleagues were and my bosses were mentors to me. And they were always, you know, like their mindset was always just providing value, mentoring me, guiding me. They knew I was young and hungry. I would do anything they needed to help and learn. And by doing that, I kind of grew up in that mentality space of, you know, wanting to help others. In the tech field, I started off like, you know, desktop support, um, and then I became a system administrator. And then I became uh, more of a technical engineer and going into cybersecurity. But throughout the years, starting from 18 to like 35 or, or so, uh, actually around 30s, I was, you know, helping a lot of people in, you know, marketing, sales, tech throughout the company, helping with all their system servers. I started to build servers and I became a system administrator. So what that really means is behind the scenes, you're being able to build data centers, you're being able to have run all the systems applications for hundreds or thousands of people in our companies. And through that, I got to learn how to build data centers, learn how to do get into security. Um, back when I was about probably 25, I got into cybersecurity. And in cybersecurity is definitely a lot, lot different. Um, you actually, you know, when you start cybersecurity, you kind of suck for a year. Like you're learning so much so quickly that they tell you, hey, we're going to hire you because we like what you're doing. We like how motivated you are to learn. But to be honest, all of us suck for the first year. It's so much training, so much different from just normal um, corporations and, you know, business practices. Going into cybersecurity, you have to learn how to visually see, um, I would say, you know, all the holes in space and how to fill those holes how to fill the gaps where all the different issues are uh vulnerabilities you would call it right and yeah. what what is called like you know public key infrastructure so when you have like thousands of servers around the world and you know for example there are multi-states multi-countries multi uh locations you have to visually see how to create that space how to create all the systems and architecture down the line and how to protect safety of our, you know, Department of Defense, bank security. And through that, you know, it took a long time to learn it and it was really stressful. But by doing that, what happens is visually in your head now, you can map out so many fields. I can see like seven layers down of systems in my head. I can see how they all interlink together, where all the flaws are and what you need to reconnect to fix it. So what happens is you learn about integration, right? 
you learn how to build thousands of servers around the world, you learn how to integrate together, you learn where all the flaws are, and then you learn how to fix the holes. But how in real estate, how does that really connect? In real estate, it's kind of the same kind of mentality. Like you're a business, you're a startup, you're running, uh, you're doing everything yourself. So in that kind of mentality, you have to learn to visually see everything. A lot of people are like, you know, data oriented. They're, you know, visually oriented. Some people are both. But when you can visually see everything you're doing and you can see all the different holes and um, what happens here is that you can say, hey, okay, I have this much time, I have this much energy, I have this much money. What do I fix first? What's priority? And then you start fixing them one by one. I think one of the best ones was um, the founder of um, PayPal, uh, founder of LinkedIn, who is also one of the main seven people for PayPal alongside yeah. Elon Musk. He said this. Imagine if you're in a field and everything is you know, blazing in fires. What do you do first? You fight the biggest fire first. You, have, you let all the other fires burn, slowly burn, right? You focus on the main fires and you, you know, put those out as quickly as possible while letting the other ones simmer. And you just keep working down the line, down the line. And what happens in real estate is that I see a lot of agents out there, a lot of teams, a lot of brokerages. They're building, but they're not, you know, you have to have your main focuses. You have to figure out your systems and operations. And then how do you help agents grow their business? So when I look at agents, I work with agents. I see that, you know, they're running business, but they're stressed out. There's so many different things to run. Some people treat it as a job. Some people treat it as a career. Some people treat it as a, a real startup business. And what we try to teach is how do you take and enable you to build your business? How do I help you, you know, automate it, streamline it, create all the systems, processes, educate you, train you, and make you run and make it be successful? How do I give you back your time? And if I can give you back your time, then you can keep growing. So for us, the top producers we're able to work with and the people who have the mentality, regardless of being new or seasoned, people who are willing to learn are the ones we're able to scale quickly. Um, we are able to show for some of the producers that they can go from, for example, 4 million, 12 million, they can double their business within the first year. Some of them have even quadrupled the business and go to, like, as a solo agent, go to $30 million plus, right? And you know that's definitely, it's all of them. They're doing all the work, right? What we're doing is just enabling them and showing them best practices and how to use it, how to integrate, how to work, right? Yeah, so I am. Um, I, I I ran a business. I still run it, kind of super, super, super part time. But I, I ran a business that was building um, closing gift deals. Basically, I would I would speak and I would get leads and I would close deals. And what I learned in that business was a, I made a major calculation error, which was people do not like to be put into systems. Yeah, they they, they feel that way. They feel like flesh in a machine, and that's not good. Um, but people appreciate when you use systems to elevate those people, to make it easier on them to participate. And I think that's what you're really good at. I, I made a couple of notes here. Um, one is, you know, kind of the secret to success in real estate that I observe is lead generation. Mm -hmm. Like you can have the best systems in the world, any, any niche, doctor, lawyer, accountant, um, landscape architect, landscaper, it doesn't matter. You can have the best. If you don't have a client, that doesn't help. And people need yeah. clients right now. Yeah. What have you learned about systems and lead gen? So if you took, like, I, I would like to believe I'd be a good real estate agent, but the first thing I would say is all I know is real estate agents. Like, how do I probably be in mortgage, I guess. I'm like, how, how do you take a, a, an agent who maybe is thinking right now they should be busier because they do work really well. Um, they have a, a, an effort that's in them. They have a heart. But how do you take somebody that maybe is struggling a little bit right now? And how, how would you 
help them get from where they are to where they need to be from a lead generation perspective, because that's a balance, very careful balance of technology and relationships. It is. And I actually think that, and I tell agents that that is actually the primary. So for example, you know, sales drives, sales cures all, right? So sales cures all. And that is actually should be the main focus for real estate agents out there on the front lines. They need to remember that sales is everything. Uh, before anything, let's say you had no website, you had no image, no, no, no branding, no marketing. As long as you're creating sales and what that means is, you know, creating contacts, creating relationships, creating value, and you have nothing else, you'll win because you're actually focused on the right thing. 80% of your business needs to be focused on sales. The other 20% is focused on building your business to support the sales, to have the foundation to accelerate your sales. Mm -hmm. And right now today, what they need to focus on is follow up. A lot of people out there just sitting back waiting, saying, hey, the market sucks. Um, they're not creating the market. They're not creating demand. They're just saying, I'm just gonna sit back and wait and watch. You're gonna watch while other people create the demand. There are a lot of people out there who are closing deals right now because they're actually the ones who are creating the demand. They're following up with everyone. They're finding their buyer needs. They're finding their seller needs and they're connecting everyone together. The other people are just waiting, right? And a part of that is, or they're saying, hey, I need to focus on my systems. I need to focus on my advertising. I need to focus on this and that. Well, have you done your follow-ups every day? Have you been calling everyone, following up with everyone, seeing what they need, helping them find what they need? Oh, there's nothing available on the market. Well, have you actually tried finding it? Have you, you know, for example, if you're going to be hardcore, are you door knocking, mailing everyone, cold calling everyone? Are you look talk, talking to all the agents? You know, and I understand everyone has family, everyone has you know other priorities in life, and we all have to find a good balance to that. But the point of business is if you're actually working on your business, are you actually, you know, how are you doing right now in today's market? If everything's virtual, that's fine. You still can do that. You still can do everything virtually, right? So that's the number one part of sales and the follow-up is the key to being successful. No matter, even if you have a small network, have you reached out to your small network? Have you talked to them, asked them for business? Have you asked for a referral business? Have you seen what you can do to help them in their business? Have you done social media marketing, video marketing? to help generate business. Uh, some of our agents who are newer uh, or even you know, are working hard, they're creating a lot of demand right now and they're creating it through social media, video marketing, content marketing, adding value to everyone they know. So I agree, I'm making a note because again, you're inspiring ideas. Uh, you said we need to create a follow-up program for the PPE business because that's true. It's like today it's very hot to talk about somebody but maybe they don't have the right need and then yeah, yeah. tomorrow they have a different need. So yeah, PPE is a great example, actually. We can talk about that as a scenario. Uh, what, would I, what would I do for PPE and for you guys? Yeah, let's hear about it. Okay, so for example, you're a PPE company. So you're brand new. You're just starting, for example. You have a lot of business already. You are you actually have a, a really good sales team already. You can sell anything as long because you guys provide value. You guys have knowledge. You can talk and sell. But when you create a PPE company, first thing I'm going to ask as a consumer, I'm going to look, do you have a website? Yes. Do you have do you have a Yelp page or do you have reviews? Like I need reviews. Because when I look at PPE, I want to know all about your PPE. There's a lot of people out there who really care about their health and safety of especially for kids. They want to know all the quality of things. So do you have an FAQ page? I'm sure a lot of uh, consumers are asking, what kind of material are you using? Are you using polyester? Are you using um what kind of fibers are you using? Are you using cotton? Um, how breathable is it? Because polyester, for example, a comparison I see right now. Is cotton better or uh, polyester better, right? And how do you, when you're breathing it and how breathe, how breathable is it? People believe that polyesters, and there's different kinds of polyester too. Um, and when you breathe it, it's actually better or worse than cottons. There's so many different fibers of cottons as well. Mm. And then there's a one called wrap too, right? Warp uh, fiber, 
or polyester, how does that compare to cotton, right? And how many layers are you using? Is it one layer, two layer, three layers, five layers? And there's a certain point where you can't really breathe that well. And if kids are using it and kids are, you know, breathing through it, that's one part. The second part is this, how does your product compare to other products? Um, do I need a wire or no wire for a small nose with no bridge, right? You know, um, how's that? How, how about filters or no filters? How about when you have a little a vent? Uh, some places like Costco might say, hey, no vents allowed, right? Because the breathability uh, perception is that when you breathe out, you're breathing out your bad air. But when you breathe in, you're getting you know, filtered air in and you're protecting yourself, but you're not protecting the others around you. Yeah. So there's so many things about that. And yes, it's a lot of questions, but the, the more information you can provide you know, without liability that you can provide to guarantee like, hey, we're, we did our research, we have studies and studies cost money, but we think that for your safety, for your health, for the benefits that here's what we do. We might not be the hundred percent the best, but we're definitely a lot better on par to everyone else out there. And it's so hard to compare right now because there's so many different companies, so many different handmade ones and something is still better than nothing, but you don't know. And there's like a thousand variations. So there's going to be buyer's remorse. There's going to be, you know, um, people going to stop not buying because they're just re uh, analyzing everything. Yeah. That's tough, right? Paralysis. Yeah. Analysis paralysis. But you're targeting bigger people, bigger corporations, hospitals, so you have a better, a better benefit too. Yeah, we have the most amazing client list already. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, surreal. But it's all, it's. I mean, we're just we're naturally good at networking, and then people are being beat up by bad actors. And so when they actually can have an authentic conversation with someone, it's it's the professionals. So the same rules apply in any niche. It turns out, and there's always it, real estate's a great example. Like there's a lot of rookies, then there's a lot of pros. And the top pros are really the ones that people want to be like. And, and it's the same thing. We just stepped in as a top pro because we already understood what the rules of the game were. Um, so I, I had a note here that I wrote down. Um, so there's a concept, I don't remember the book, but the concept of the whirlwind where we spend all day in this kind of uh, whirlwind, this, this impact reactive kind of environment where everything is an input. We get some information in, we have to give some information out. That's very different. That's the that's the in the business activities versus working on the business. And the on the business activities might be shooting videos. It might be implementing technology. It might be um, hiring an assistant so that you don't actually have to answer all those emails. Like, what what have you learned about the art of being both responsive in an environment, especially Silicon Valley, where responsiveness is coveted and needed, and also though being present. Because like I don't like being on a call with you and also answering a text, but I find myself in a business like that where I'm both in the business and on the business at the same time, and or in two business conversations while I should be in one. Like, what have you learned about the art of setting systems up while also managing the actual business itself, so that you're not stuck in this space where you're not doing the high income producing activities, but you're also not forgoing these little uh, key secrets to making it scale and making it work long term. Yeah, I think the best way, if you think about it, is that you actually continue focusing on the high producing um, scalability and just keep focusing on those sales. And when you have time, and because you're definitely building the money, the generation of sales and money. So when you have time, you actually start delegating out more and more of your work, right? So if you look at the high level, you start uh, one acronym of that is called DEAL. Define, eliminate, automate, and leverage, right? Yeah. If you start dealing, then you can do really well with that you always want to stay on the high end and always be producing here and everything else here on the growing your business, start defining what you need, eliminating it, automating it and leveraging it. Right. So 
in when you're building, you look every day, day to day interaction. Um, the goal is to how do you exit yourself out of the business? You don't have to exit, but you have to understand how to exit. So when you understand that, you say, okay, I'm going to start defining it, defining everything I do, how I help my team, how do I grow? And then when you define it, you can start saying, hey, what can I eliminate from my day to day interaction? Because I don't need to do this. I need to keep going. I need to be, for example, a $10 an hour person to go to a thousand dollars an hour so everything that's ten dollars an hour now i'm going to start um either can i eliminate it do i really need this does it add any value or am i just doing it for fun as a hobby or as an idea but doesn't generate me business yeah then okay if i'm keeping it okay how do i automate this is there systems and processes that I can actually do to automate that process there probably is some form of it and people say that hey um this is so specific i need to do it do you really need to do it or you haven't defined it enough where you can actually delegate it out or um, automate it or eliminate it or automate it, right? Some parts of it I see people do. I'm like, actually can automate that. What you spend an hour a day, five hours, uh, whatever a month, I can actually automate it here. And then after that, there's a small segment left to do. You can actually leverage it out, have your assistant do it and you just review it, right? To finalize it, if you need to finalize it. But you start actually... When you start building trust, you can say, hey, actually, don't need to look at it anymore. You just deal with it. I gave you all the systems and processes. I gave you how to do it. I automated it, and you just do the final, right? Yeah. So it's a lot of time that way. A lot of agents, a lot of teams, they don't do that. They you know, continue to take on more and more because as some people's natural ability is that I want to do everything. I want to be responsible for everything. I need to do everything. My clients trust me to do it. You know, I'm the only one who can do it. In reality, in life, you can't be the only one who can do it. Look at Amazon. Look at the big companies. They might automate everything down to the to the cent right to the minute they automated everything they can and they focus on the higher level so the goal as a leader or as a team builder is always pushing yourself your team to get to the higher levels so right. some of my agents who are doing it uh, we're helping them you know define eliminate automate and leverage it and they're getting better and better a lot of people don't like to leverage that's the hardest part of building trust to have it how do you do that for myself, I have four assistants and they're doing a lot of the work and they're great and they help me do everything. They're not 100% and I don't expect 100%. I expect 80%. I'm actually getting 90, 95%. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I review the other 10, 15% and I'm like, here's the difference. And I change it. And then after that, I create a process on that change. So then I move forward again. It'd be really weird if Jeff Bezos like dropped off your, uh, your <laughs> Amazon two day. So like, yeah, I don't I do all these drop offs myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Santa Claus. Yeah. He created, he recreated the whole warehouse system. Like Walmart built a system of how to distribute, right? And he's like, this doesn't make sense. Let me redo the whole thing. Yeah. Create a way better system. You so, learn from everyone else. You R&D everyone else, but you start realizing what can be better now. So break, break uh, I don't, not to take you on too much in the call, but if you break down how you use your four, assist, four assistants or like what hats they wear and how they, how they interact, if at all, with each other. Yeah. So what you want to do, for example, I'll tell you what I do, but what you want to do is that when you start building, right, you start, first you start doing everything yourself as a new agent, new, uh, new worker, and you start seeing what you're doing and then you start defining everything. You say, Hey, actually this stuff, I don't need to do this stuff. This is not my revenue generating system. When you look at that T-bar, here's sales, here's everything you do. Here's everything else. Delegate everything else, get rid of everything else as fast as you can. Even if it costs you money and it costs $10, $20, $30, you're getting rid of it because you know you're going to push yourself to the next level up and get rid of this time. Yeah. Even though people like to do this time, it's just add, it's adding wasted energy, right? Yeah. So what you want to do is have assistants who can start doing everything you, you need. And the question comes up was what can they do? 
they can do anything you can imagine if you're willing to teach and guide them and show them what you need help with. You have to find the right people you can trust. And once you do that, then they can start taking on more and more and more responsibility from you. So you can step back and focus on the next level of going up. And by doing that, you're actually creating jobs for people and you're creating income and you're providing value to families. So for me, I have four assistants and what they do is like one's uh, mostly marketing. So content marketing, social media marketing, write-ups, uh, helping me with my marketing design, uh, coordinating all my ideas, my marketing designs with my two designers. My designers are designing everything I want. So all the stuff you see online, the stuff you see built with my team, the stuff I'm building in the future that you haven't seen yet, it's all behind the scenes with them coordinating it together. And they chat through our, you know, like for example, Slack, Workplace, whatever, or online um, channels, they're chatting. And we use project management tools to manage all this. So like for me, I have, I run a couple companies, Avant Asset Management, Avant Real Estate Group, I'm in EXP, I'm creating Avant University, and and I have other websites as well com coming up. So we're doing a lot behind the scenes, but it's all managed by projects, priority, time, so that they don't feel overly stressed. They have plans, they know quarterly goals, and we try to hit those goals. But it's hard to do all that. Yes, it is. I appreciate you ending on that note. It is really hard. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm curious about your ability to visualize. You mentioned earlier that, I mean, it's certainly not, it's like, I think everyone's born with an imagination Then at some point we kind of learn to lose that because there's facts to learn. And then some of us learn that the facts are easier to become reality if we keep our imagination live and we start to build the way things we want things to look like. Goal setting for me is a lot about the end result, thinking about what I want it to have looked like or to be able to look like one day and then I'll even act like I'm pre-living it and think about it and visualize it. But there's a certain level of visualization that you're talking about, which I don't think I'm very good at, which is system mm -hmm. visualization. Yeah. where you're able to see things quite deeply. Is that an action that you take where you're, you're sculpting it out in the real world or are you capable of doing that in your in your brain? How's that working? Okay, so when I first started um, in training in tech, they had to draw it out for me because I couldn't see it, right? And I could see, for example, you could see like one level, one step ahead. You can see visually see that easily. And most people, because when, we're, when you're kids, you can actually see many steps ahead more than parents can. But when you get older, you start being trained to be inside the box so you can only see one level two levels but what happens in cybersecurity is that i need to train to see seven eight levels deep and visually i couldn't see that in the first year it took me a long time to after to see seven levels deep yeah. and that part of it was you know learning by visually seeing drawing it on paper on the whiteboard and then slowly adapting it and connecting it and building it so when i started doing that i started seeing hey i, I can actually Really simply now, I can visually see seven levels deep. If I look at you, if I want to look up Mitch, look up Silicon Valley Real Producers in my head quickly, here's your website, here's all your social media, here's all your connections, here's how they connect together, here's where you're missing the connections, here's where you haven't linked. And if I look at, try to find out back end, see your CRM, I can see that, hey, you haven't linked it all up. You're not tying connections, you're not producing content at this part of it and resharing it to these parts in different formats. That I can see that and I can see many of the holes in systems so when i talk to agents i look at their business in the first 15 minutes i can tell you all the f all the things they should improve on and how they can make it so much better if they connected their business together and I the word stapping down so matt it's often not a failure of seeing things it's that nobody does it as well as i do and then secondarily why it's so hard to find someone that does it even and I'm not trying to be narcissistic, but there's like a certain standard that I have where like disc profiles or what have you, like it's really hard to find a particular type of person to do a lot of that back end work. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like that's, hey, 
chord with me, man. It's like, yeah, I would love to do a lot of that. And then I see, I see these gaps also, not clearly like you do, but I see like we should have someone in that space that's doing that. Mm -hmm. But to take that and to staff it and to train it. And then interestingly enough, like it's not just enough that you train it. You actually have to hold them accountable. You can't abdicate responsibility. You need to like hold them to the big rocks that you're putting in every quarter. Like, yeah. What do you, what kind of wisdom do you have to someone who maybe it's time for their first assistant or their seventh or whoever where they see these holes? That yeah, you see, you can't figure out why. What, how do I staff that? How do I fill that with technology so it works? So you have to find someone who's you know. I think when I first started looking for VAs and just assistants in general, and I don't call them VAs because they're actually just my sister, and there's it doesn't matter where they live. To me, it, being in tech for tw for over We're twenty all years, VAs now, man, it's We're all VAs. Yeah. Exactly. And like, I've been doing this for like, since I was 18, like 20 years now, like they're not VAs. They're basically people who live around the world. And for me, it never matter where you physically live. As long as you can do business anywhere and connect to each other, you can help you. And my thing, people ask me, oh, I need a physical VA next to me, sitting next to me. I'm like, why can't you explain your, and express yourself through phone, through video, through chat and know how to create value to show them what you're trying to do no it's just easier to do in person i understand that but you're going to pay a lot more money to have them in person and you dollar on fire and put it on an easel right next to you and they're in person you know yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right so if you do that then like what you're saying is that the best talent is the one next to you right closest to you um there's global talent and there's so many great people around the world and um you know and you can utilize their resources their skills and you can provide value to them and their families in their locations so for us for myself at least i have people you know throughout right and i definitely you know utilize smart people who work hard who have you know um who are really proficient or fluent in english it makes it a lot easier to communicate Time zone to me doesn't matter because delegating information throughout time is just, you know, email, text, um, putting on a project management board and getting it done. But to find the right, going back to the question, to find the right people, it's hard. I went through 13 people before I found my first four. The 13 people I went, different personalities, different price points, different time zones, different um, understanding of skills. And when you find the right people, you definitely, you know, show them and teach them. And people are hungry to learn they'll stay with you because you're trying to educate them, provide value. You're not just telling them, just do this and be your computer to me, your VA. I don't even care about you. No, for my, my assistants, I'm teaching them. I'm providing a lot of value to them and I'm showing them everything they can build with me. And they like that too. Not just a part of the money, time, the flexibility. They get to learn a lot and I'm showing them. And when you can start defining it and showing them what you need help with, um, some people say, I don't know how to show them. And that my analysis today right now for them, make a Loom video make a video of what you're doing, replicate it, just show them what you're doing, play it for, let them play it and they'll watch what you're doing and they'll start creating the systems processes behind it. You want a systems person to help you build your business. And the easiest way is I don't have time, just video record everything, they'll watch it and they'll, they'll follow it and they'll figure it out and they'll make it better for you fast. If you try to tell them, you can't, people can't explain well, all the steps. No, you're right. That's actually a fantastic example. Why are we delegating? That's a really great insight, Matt. Why are we delegating? I'm delegating often how to do something, but really that's not what I'm hiring them for. They should create the systems to get me the result that I'm wanting because that, yeah. that immediate step is paralyzing. Yeah, I think um, Ben Kinney actually wrote, you know, Ben Kinney from KW actually put the, put it best. He says when he first started a long time ago, he, you know, just basically had someone follow him and just cop, watch everything, document everything he did every day and just keep improving it and creating all the systems behind it. And he's, you know, super successful. He's like probably a billionaire, a multimillionaire by now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So do you, uh, so I made a list the other 
day. It's only two days old now. There's like 17 different forms of communication that I have in my life. And most of them I didn't opt in for. Okay. <laughs> we can talk about like three or four different social media accounts with messaging that comes in and out. Yeah. Um, you know, something simple like a Calendly where it's helping with scheduling, but it's still in essence a form of communication. The calendars themselves, texting, emails, voicemail, uh, WeChat, WhatsApp. Um, uh, Marco Polo came into my life recently. Like there are so many ways that people communicate. And I'm, um, at, first of all, snail mail is a great example too. We check it once a week because it's a very low urgency. And if it's a high urgency, it usually ends up on our doorstep. But there are so many forms of communication out there. And um, I'm wondering, in a world that's tied so greatly together by communication, but also it's such a distraction, like how, how are you learning to utilize leveraging your assistance, if at all? Because while you're on this with me, which I really appreciate your time, there's actions that are happening in both of our businesses that also, maybe not urgently, maybe urgently, maybe they require our time. Like, what have you learned about the art of um, compartmentalizing all that, like maybe a Slack channel, like what are you doing in your own business for that? Yeah, so I realized that, you know, all of us are always distracted by so many things. And every time they mention, when you get distracted, it takes away 15 minutes of your business, right? Because you just got distracted by that one little text that didn't matter to you at that time period. And text and emails are like additional tasks to you. So if I text you, I'm giving you more tasks. And if you have 100 people texting you, you just got 100 new tasks in that couple minutes. And that's really distracting and keeping you away from your focus. Um, in corporations where I learned... Misery, man. It's really, it's a good definition of misery. It's not what people want. It is. And some, there's some funny uh, joke out there right now. What does it feel like to be a realtor? And then the person, the agents just start texting you every 15 minutes. This is exactly what it feels like. You know? <laughs> like you that's know? a good joke. <laughs> I did. And I was like, that's hilarious. That's so true. And that's so funny and in a bad way. You know, it's like, it's not a distraction. So what people should do, and I learned it from the corporate world, is if you really want to be successful, turn off all your email communications you need. You have set time blocks. So you have the communications. You know you don't need to respond that second, right? You can just close off everything. Say, hey, for example, I'm time blocking my business. If you're going to be, uh, you're focused on sales, you're going to say, hey, I'm lead generating from 9 to 11. Turn off everything you don't need. And just focus on those things. You don't need Facebook chat. You don't need other uh, channels. You don't really need Slack for work communication, right? During that time period, you're just going to focus on sales. So what do you need? I need my cell phone. I need my, if you're texting them, whatever, or video, you need those three open. Uh, do you really need email? If you're messaging them, depending on how you're messaging them, you might need that. But you're going to be distracted by all the other emails coming in. So you try to avoid that and just say, hey, what's actually better? Email them? No, it's not. Is calling them better? Yeah, calling them better. So turn off the email. Texting them, sure. Video, even better, right? So if you can time block everything and focus, you're actually getting rid of this. And a lot of people get distracted by all the applications. So what I try to do myself is all my clients text me, right? All my family's uh, WhatsApp me. All my other clients, international clients, WeChat me, right? And then for all the agents out there, you want to Facebook me. That I actually can, by hearing the sounds, I actually know who's messaging me. I don't even have to look at it. Oh, I hear a Facebook message. Okay, that's just a friend or agent, right? I hear what's a WeChat. Okay, that sound is you know a client, right? I hear that's a text. Matt, I've never thought to compartmentalize that. So, yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, and I tell my friends, hey, sorry, can we stop using Facebook? For example, Facebook. I was talking to my friend. If I Facebook message you. I can't go back and search it easily, right? So no. I'm like, hey, just send me a WhatsApp. WhatsApp's more secure. I can search back in time. I can find anything I need without re-asking me. Facebook is so hard to search. And I can see all the files and everything in pictures. I can scroll pictures in gallery. So I'm just like moving people who I talk to frequently to uh, WhatsApp. So um, 
That's a great idea, man. Uh, so you mentioned the first year in cybersecurity and that the expectation was built around some challenges and just kind of the stumbling blocks. And they were good. They were really kind to you to give you those expectations because I think they knew it was probably a quit factor for them as people felt really bad that first year. Yeah. What do you, what have you learned about the first year of building a real estate business or the first year of building a cybersecurity, um, you know, let's say an educational uh, analysis of everything like that first year, the rules don't necessarily apply. Like you can't tell clients that want to make big orders, you know, don't, don't text me. I need you to call me or, you know, like there, there's some distinctions about systems implementation in the first year in business or rookie kind of versus professional meaning. Well, like you, everybody started as a rookie. Yeah. How do you go from rookie to professional? It's probably not as many systems as it is, in my opinion, and I, I bet you have some thoughts on this, but is it is it always systems or is it always like that right that right path? Or is it sometimes it's just chaos and you're really supposed to just go all in? Like, how have you learned about mitigating um, mitigating distractions during the time when you really are supposed to be all in? Like right now is an all in time for a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, being all in and go and creating a business and one is working on the business one's working in the business so i'll tell agents that hey we if you want to be really successful right now in any, any time period at all is that you need to focus on the sales side so hey you have no systems perfect you, you join our team you have no systems that's perfectly fine so you one thing you're doing is you're building trust so i tell them hey trust me here's what we do here's the method here's how you grow your business quickly uh first part of it is focus on your sales you have no relationships go build new relationships how do i do that social media marketing content marketing video marketing thinking globally rather than locally nowadays is the key everyone went from physical offices to virtual world so tying that in is think globally when you're building your business even if you're only a california agent that's fine you need to think globally so how do we do that okay if i call someone that's one to one ratio right what happens if I do B2B and I reach a business? Is that one to 30, one to 100, one to 1,000? Maybe, right? If I do a, a social media post and one person sees it, isn't that post sitting there forever and people can look back and see it? Okay, and a post is worth, a, a picture is worth 1,000 words, great. I do a one minute video. What am I giving you? 100,000 words, a million words? And if I put that video on YouTube and Facebook and everything, and people start searching it and I learn how to write better descriptive content. I learn how to write better hashtags, better SEO. I'm creating scalability because now people are searching, right? So isn't there a search engine called Google and YouTube? So are they, people are looking for content, right? And they're digesting content at, at a massive scale right now. So if you think globally, you start creating all the content that says, hey, how to buy real estate? How, what's the first step you need to buy? You need, you know, for example, a loan, appraisal, inspections. What, what is an inspection? What's appraisal? What's a loan? What's pre-qualified? What's pre-approved? You provided all this video content, written content, blog posts, and people searching for this, and they'll find you, right? But if you're gonna call one to one person and explain every single step over and over again, you're just creating a, a little small bubble and you're creating a repetitive task. You're gonna hear yourself talking every day about the same exact content. But if you're going globally, okay, I'm going to put all this content in video format and you want to learn about it, come check out my website. Here's all the information, all the resources on buying, selling, investing, syndicating, uh, flipping, whatever. It's all on the website. It becomes a search engine and SEO and algorithms and they'll start coming into your website and start digesting it more. Then your website gets higher ranking, right? Yeah. So then by doing that, you're actually saving time. So back in technology companies, I wrote over 150 articles, white papers on one page, 20 pages on how to do something, how to build a system, how to do it. But by doing that, I was able to scale and train thousands of engineers on building systems architecture.
So in real estate, we're actually doing the same thing now in offline university. I'm building 195 courses right now. Uh, five or 10 of them are already done. The other, other ones are about 50% done and they're gonna be coming out. And basically it shows you step-by-step step on how to build all the systems, how to make it work. And then later it'll show you how to connect everything back together. So uh, here's a good, a real world, a real world case study for you. So our, our PPE company is scaling pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, while it's not a, a it, we're aware of the value of being a, a low expense, high profit business. So mm -hmm. a, a Google drive, a monthly email, it's like, I don't know, it's called like 10 bucks a person. So if yep. you go from one person to 10 people to a hundred to a thousand, yep. what, what are the solutions for a company that wants to be able to scale their, their email accounts when somebody onboards and they're able to do that quickly? Is it always just, I know you, you're a fan of Google and so am I, but like, mm -hmm. what, what have you learned about the art of like being able to scale email and um, data storage? So for, I guess I'll give you two good reference points. Yeah. Um, in corporate world, we, they use um, you know, Active Directory, they use Outlook, right? And you have to manage all the systems. You need a full-time um, system administrator to manage Outlook. And if it crashes, people are going to kill you because you know, it's, the, uh, the, it's, it's a part of the business. It's the main source of business for them, right? Email. So one thing people are doing nowadays is uh, some companies actually offloaded it and delegated it to Google. So Google has the systems, they manage all the servers, they manage everything, and all the system insurer does is just manage the Google accounts and set it all up, right? So I am a big proponent of Google and offloading uh, things that are not criti directly critical to your business and not part of your scaling your business. And Google has a scalability in their systems, 99.9% uptime. So for me, if you're running a PPE business, I'll tell you that you should have each um, employee worker have a you know Google email account because it has Google Drive, has all the productivity, all the connections to you, everything in the cloud and email. Um, if they're doing, if you're running your own website and you're gonna do your own pop emails and everything, it's a lot harder because you have to manage everything. You have to set it all up. You have to connect it all to their systems and give them all the information to log in to, to do it. And that wastes a lot more time than paying $6 a month for them. Uh, in a real estate company, like a real estate brokerage, I'll tell them the problem with Gmail is that you added 100 agents to your company, but let's say only 10 of them perform are top producers and your other 90 are just sitting there um, on the sidelines. You're paying $6 times 90 That's a, per month. That's a lot of money for no productive business. Are you going to keep those agents or are you going to let them go? Yeah. Right? And some companies have like 200 agents and they're only like 20 people are doing business, but they're paying for the 200. Yeah. And you can say, hey, I'm gonna I'm going to charge the cost as a business fee to the agent. You can, and that's a choice, but that doesn't really fix the problem, right? So, uh, so if I could reframe what you just said, just to make sure I, I took it all in, you're saying that the cost is lower, despite the fact that there might be a higher monthly bill, the overall cost is lower to use Google in this case, as an example. Yeah. Just from technical standpoint, management standpoint, operations, future proofing it, like onboarding, offboarding still costs money, right? Onboarding time, offboarding time takes money, cost time and money. So you try to simplify the process and you're trying to find products add massive value really quickly. And even though there's a monthly cost, and you hope that the employee you have is worth more than $6 a month to your business. Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, tell me a little bit. So what, what I'd like to learn a little bit about is what the next, like, let's say 60 days are like in terms of what you're looking for when you're recruiting. So if you could teach me a little bit when you think about an agent that's watching this or a way that we could help someone serve, you know, kind of their, their bigger purpose in life and maybe get some, get some income so that they can live the life that they deserve. What, what are you excited about when it comes to recruiting the right agents right now? Like who's your next hire? Yeah. So for me, next hires are, you know, 
agents who are hungry and motivated, agents who want to learn, uh, who need help with marketing, sales, and tech. They have the sales skill set where they kind of like are willing to learn it. But the people who are willing to grow, willing to hustle are the ones we're looking for. The ones we can say, hey, we're a startup accelerator. We're going to help you accelerate your business. If you, you know, here you do what you need to do, we're going to teach you. But at the same time, here's how we help you guide you. So for some of our agents who are actually, you know, like they're working really hard, they're listening and they're doing, they're creating you know, I tell them like, for example, hey, you need to, you want to be out there. You're your agent. You can't be a you know secret agent. You need to be out there on social media. You need to create video, and video is really important. You need to start learning how to do video. Be in front yeah. of cameras. You need to build your community and start networking with all the you know, for example, local businesses, restaurants, uh, people out there, startup companies, companies in general, and start creating connections and start adding value of using video to have a platform. So the key word is platform. Are you creating a platform or are you, are you not, right? Yeah. So when you create your brand, your platform, and a, a place where people can start speaking and engaging, then that works. So one thing we did is we created a real estate hackathon as our Facebook group right now, and we're actually trying to provide massive value to agents by providing them and showing them everything we do in marketing, sales, and tech, and educating them and providing that back into Avant University too, right? So agents in the next 60 days, they need to create value, create content, everyone's you know digesting social media so quickly they're running out of content right now so are you putting out video uh some of my agents are getting like hundreds of followers right now and they're getting so many listings and buyers because they're actually putting out good valuable content and they're connecting with people but others are not doing any of it so they're having a harder time because now you're going to cold call you're going to email you're going to text them or you're doing are you just sitting back again yeah, there's a sweet spot right now, man. It's undeniable. And um, I, I feel really lucky that I had a good mentor pushing, you know, 10 years ago now that taught me that it's all relationship life. And um, there's never been a worse time to try and build new relationships. It's true. I think you need to be out there building relationships. But the best relationships were built already. Those are the ones that people need to be cultivating again and really reaching through to get the next phase of their business. It's, it's without a doubt, like cold calling is a great idea in 1970, worked in 1980. A little harder in 1990 when people started to be able to tell who was cold calling them with the caller ID. <laughs> it's kind of been going downhill ever since. But yeah, I mean, yeah. just being on social media, having a bunch of friends that can share your content, like all, all that is, is super valuable. Yeah, even for your PPE business, as a good example, like for example, you have a great product, right? But does anyone know about your product? Have you made a video on your product showcasing how it fits on a kid, uh, a teenager, adult, uh, a tall adult, you know? Uh, for example, right, and showing that fit, the feel, the breathability, uh, even doing like a breathe test on it and showing it in video format. And when you do that, they will reshare that video so many times over. But when you just show me a picture in comments, I don't know anything about it. And if you try to see the you know the front, the back, the sides, and everything, you know how it works, and even getting testimonials from people, you know, like real users, right, real real companies, real users, real the buyers who are buying it. That's legit. That was a great, that was a great idea. <laughs> I don't talk to you enough. Yeah. Um, thanks, Matt. Uh, so uh, I'll turn it back over to you. I know you've probably got a couple things on your mind, but I really appreciate the chance to interview you. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just like, for me, I'm just, you know, trying to reach out to all the real estate agents out there, trying to find ways to help and trying to motivate people. Even some of my friends, they don't, they don't plan to ever join me, my, my team. That's perfectly fine. I'm just like, how do we help you build your business? I know everyone needs help. Everyone needs motivation. You know, come reach out to us. Come join our Facebook group. Come talk to us and see each other or sharing each other's ideas. And one challenge we have for ourselves is how do we elevate the industry? How do we take 
take the time back and show them technology and to make everyone step up the game. And for me, no one's copying me because if like kind of like Elon Musk, if I can provide all the value and show you, you're going to help me because you're going to help me st step up the game. And when you step up the game, it makes me more creative. It makes me think more of how to make it even better now because I can see the value people input back in. So they can say, hey, all these best practices, they suck. You made it better here. Okay, you just gave me a creative idea to make it even better here now. So you're helping push us higher. And people need to be out there and you know, keep educating themselves, keep learning and having fun while they're doing it. And for us, we're just trying to have fun and trying to you know make it better. And I know there's a lot of challenges out there. People are distracted. And there's so many shiny objects out there. So we're trying to create video content every week now, showing all the products, all the systems configurations, like, hey, how to set up Zoom. Here's all the best practices of Zoom. Here's all the settings I use. Here's why I use it and explain it really simply in a couple minutes. So you don't have to go Google it and find it yourself somewhere else. And they might not be from the real estate industry to show you what the best practice is for real estate. So as, as an example, because that's something we talked about, we spent like three hours on Friday teaching about how to get access to stuff that we didn't really have any challenges with ourselves, but we realized mm -hmm. not everybody was on the same page. I'd like how would someone go and watch your Zoom video. Yeah, so what we're doing is I'm putting everything on um, right here. I'm putting everything on youtube.matthewmott.com. And I'm putting it in there. It's going to basically showcase everything we're doing. Um, I'm putting it on our Facebook group. Some stuff will be privately in Facebook group as we keep building it out. But what happens is that by doing this, you're creating value because you're showing them step-by-step -step repeatable information. So by doing this one video one time, I never, people ask me, it's all on the channel. I don't have to go explain it to you. And mm -hmm. if you can give them step-by-step -step process, they can follow it and understand it. And they can respond back with commentary on, hey, have you thought about doing this instead? Because now I visually see what you told me. A lot of people say, hey, I'll tell you how to do everything, but no one shows you how to do everything. So our goal is let's show you how to do everything. Beautiful. All right, man. Um, Hey, we, we definitely are going to set you up for a, a monthly coaching, uh, kind of like a mentor, mentee. Some of these top agents, you know, they're really heavy relationship builders and fantastic business owners, but they don't have your technology background. And so, you know, uh, it would be very, it, it would be a fantastic compliment to have you involved on doing some real producer training. So you, we'll get you involved in that in the coming months too. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm excited to be, um, you know, a part of that coaching program, helping everyone out there, and then even excited to be in the magazine coming soon. So can't wait to see that uh, rolling out. Um, excited to share that with everyone out there, just to see what you've been doing and how you've been helping everyone grow their business. Thanks, Matt. I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.